0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the highly unprofessional podcast. Hey, man, I uh, you know, I don't know how many people have been paying attention to uh, what is it called, the FIBA World Cup, the basketball version. I'm sure they have, you know, like uh, the soccer and all that, but I'm talking about specifically the basketball. Right, And the United States has been really struggling. And early in the summer, pretty much all of the good players, all the best players, uh, decided, you know what? Nah, I ain't going to play. I'm good, dog. I am good. And, you know, we ended up with um, guys who I'm going to say at least eight of the guys who are on the team now wouldn't have made the roster and the rest of them, none of them would have started had the original people stayed on. Um, and not surprising to me, but let's just pretend surprisingly enough, you know, uh, members of the media, specifically the white members have been very, very angry. Uh, with some of the with some of the young men deciding not to play, right? Now, let's point out the let's point out the ugly truth, right? In America, if you're black, in America, if you're black, you don't get treated like a citizen all the time. And I am more than sure that Pretty much all of the guys, especially the ones who dropped out, are well aware of that, right? They are well aware of that. On top of the fact that you have a president, right? The guy who's supposed to be the head of everything, the commander-in-chief, who is, I mean, for lack of a better term, he's racist, man. Like, let's just call it, call it, it is what it is, right? He, He is that. And on top of a whole bunch of other issues that we could get into, right, as to why you shouldn't want to even represent this country by playing sports. And you could be doing way more stuff with your time over the summer. You could be enjoying enjoying way more time uh, with your family, whatever, your kids, you know, starting a business or something like that, getting ready for the next NBA season. Right, which is gonna be which is a long season. You could be doing way more stuff with your time than going to play for a country who if you lose, if you lose all the people who hate you anyway are gonna talk shit about you. Right? If you win, they ain't gonna appreciate you no damn way. It's just a way for them to Uh, especially as members of the media, just a way for them to feel like they're superior, even though they have absolutely fucking nothing to do with it, right? Their talents as writers are lack of talent, right? Has nothing to do with y'all winning, but in my mind, I think a lot of them feel that way. Like, I think a lot of you know, the, the social media age has created many monsters, but a lot of a lot of the monsters that it has created is that people in the media, right, who probably, you know, let's say they've been working in the media for 30 years, 25 or 30 years plus. And, um, you know, probably in the early 2000s, they started to finally get a pretty decent name for them. Well with the um, social media boom, right? And you know people loving to see hot takes not they don't they don't care about the truth, right they they care about entertainment, right And Charlemagne always says this he always says nobody cares about the truth when the lie is more entertaining. so true. And you know people who write sports who are sports um what do you call them? uh but people who are part of sports writers and part of that sports media whole thing right there they have become drunk just like you know you see some uh thirsty Wayne Chow on instagram who you know then picked up a whole bunch of followers by uh dressing naked i said dressing naked how stupid is that by not wearing a bunch of clothes or you know Wearing a thong and a bra and all that type of stuff. She doesn't really have any talent. She just looks good, or either she got surgery and she's good at doing makeup or whatever, right? And, you know, she's gained millions of followers with absolutely no talent. Well, you know, people in the media have decided that, yeah, there are people who are really good at their job, but some of those people aren't willing to. Uh some of those people aren't willing to lie. Uh some of those people aren't willing to, you know, jump on uh bandwagon or whatever just in the name of ratings and in the name of them getting a getting a raise or whatever. Some people actually just care about the actual craft of doing what they do, right? A lot of times in this day and age those people don't make it. But the ones who did make it, You know, they'll get on there and they become, you know, blinded by this whole thing to the point to where they think that they have had an impact on a certain player's career or whatever. Uh, Like Skip Bayless, I wholeheartedly believe, I wholeheartedly believe that when LeBron retires, right, when LeBron retires, this whole time about, you know, everything... That Skip Bayless then said about LeBron James and all that. When LeBron retires, he's going to—I don't want to say he's going to try and flip the script, but he's going to, you know, pretend as if, you know, everything he said uh, over the last 16, 17 years about LeBron James was only to was only to uh, help him get better, right? And he's going to try and somehow credit himself in aiding LeBron and getting to where he got to and to becoming a hall of famer and all that. I wholeheartedly believe he's going to try and take credit in some kind of way. And he has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with it, right? He has absolutely nothing to do with it. But again, a lot of people a lot of people who think like that enjoy it and then you have some other people who've taken a page out of his book and said you know what I'm going to do the same thing right and there's a guy the other day who um I can't even remember his name because he's so insignificant uh he's not even like a mainstay there's a this other thing about ESPN you know they hire and fire more people they they fire more people than they hire and they usually like every season they'll give somebody new a shot but uh they try somebody out new but it usually doesn't work right it's pretty much the same uh, core core uh, group of people core group of men and women who uh, host these shows and they'll bring in some new writers who you've never seen before every season. Every season. And then you'll be like, wait, didn't y'all have somebody new last year, right? So this one guy, I don't know. I, I, like, it was so far out in the left field. Like, it came out of nowhere. Like, he randomly bought up Devin Booker's name. um, Because Devin Booker was... uh, Well, one day he bought him up because Devin Booker, there was like a... YouTube video, Devin Booker um, playing pickup basketball, right, against other guys who were uh, either pros or guys who were trying to get to the NBA. And for whatever reason, they double-teamed Devin Booker, but a uh, double and triple team Devin Booker, but they never double or triple teamed anybody else right like they were out there as if they had an actual game plan like they was like somehow this is gonna this was an actual real game right and I sat there with Devin Booker because at one point in the video he becomes frustrated because he's like hey man I get double teamed enough in in real basketball we out here supposed to be working on our game and y'all ain't about to be out here double teaming me and this is guys who were double teaming him were guys who obviously don't play right or not even uh in the nba or they were and got cut right and if you have to double team somebody and pick up basketball it's probably a good sign that you're not going to make it onto a team right um and, you know, the guy said, well, that is a part of basketball and blah, blah. Like he just ran like he was extra passionate about it. Right. Then the very next day, he brought up Devin Booker again and said, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember, I think USA lost or they almost lost. And he said something about like with well, Devin Booker, if you'd have been out there instead of you worrying about pick up basketball, then maybe the USA wouldn't have lost. Right. And number one, I like, man, motherfuck the USA. Hell what <laughs> Right? Like you you can't you can't sit on one side the whole year or, you know, for years, right? Because the Olympics and stuff only comes around once every four years. You can't sit on one side and say, you know, uh what what people in the inner city need to do and talk about black on black crime and you know, uh, talk about specifically point out people in the black community for, you know, being on welfare and all that type of stuff. And I'm not saying none of this applies to Devin Booker. It obviously doesn't cause he makes, you know, $30 million. Right. But I'm saying that, you know, people who, uh, essentially, you know, hate, you know, black, Mexican, uh, Asian, Middle Eastern, you know, pretty much anybody who isn't, you know, white, they, Indian, whatever race you are, right? They, they'll sit there for, you know, four years and you can't stand nothing about none of these folks, right? You can't stand nothing about none of them. But then when it's time for them to, uh, when it's time for the Olympics to roll around, well, why don't you want more people who look like you on the team, right? Why don't you? Hey, why don't the USA roll out roll out a team that looks more like what you want it to look like, right? But because you know that you have absolutely no shot if there was a case, right? And um, I was watching a couple of videos, um, you know, just throughout the week. Uh, I was like a big uh, Dick Gregory. You know supporter while he was alive right i, I love to hear him talk I'm, i ain't gonna lie like some of his stuff was way out like in the stratosphere right and you're like dick come on now come on now but you can't how can you argue with somebody who's you know <laughs> we we have you know evidence of what he's done right we had evidence of what he's done right which is why i, I was a supporter of his right because You know, maybe, you know, his brain got kind of, you know, because he was an older man, sometimes I don't want to say he was stretching the truth because he probably he obviously, you know, saw way more than I have ever seen or will ever see and experience way more uh, of a harsh reality than I ever would or, or ever have. Let me say that. Um, so I can't argue with anything that he says. I'll just say this, you know some of his stories uh became a bit uh barber ish I've never been in a white barber shop, so I don't know if y'all stores are like that, but in black barber shops, usually you know especially on like days when there's a lot of people in there, there'll be one guy who or a couple guys, but specifically there's usually one guy who comes in. And, you know, he is very, very creative and uh, stretching the truth. Let me say that. Right. And the more people get into it, the more he stretches it out. Right. And that's, you know, kind of how I feel sometimes at Dick Gregory's stories go. But I really just, you know, feel like I learned a lot from him. Right. But. <clears throat> You know Dick Gregory wrapping back around in my story. Dick Gregory said something um, once about you know these this new generation coming up. Uh, they won't they won't accept everything that you know my generation accepted or the generations before me uh, accepted, right? They are you know they are little they are becoming more fearless and fear and that's true. That is one hundred percent true. And, you know, not that that has anything particularly particularly to do with, you know, sports or anything like that. But I am saying this, that, <clears throat> you know, um, players, people who play sports now uh, have, you know, finally realized that. You know, like LeBron saying, they are more than an athlete. They are, you know, they are human beings too. And you know, they they have to uh, they have to deal with so much that we don't hear about. Even in today's time, right? How how many, you know, if you miss a game-winning shot or you know your team loses in the playoffs, how many times if you if you're in Boston, for example, right? And, you know, y'all make it to the conference finals, right? And we know that Boston is one of the most racist cities in America. I, I believe it was voted the most racist city in America. But, uh, you know, these people give y'all this fake love, even though you know what it is, right? And you make it to the finals and y'all lose game seven, right? And then all of a sudden, you start getting all type of DMs with your address on it, Um Or, you know, you start getting mail and stuff talking about, you know, somebody's going to murder you because we lost a basketball game. Right. But but you just was asking for my autograph and you love me, you know, two days ago. Right. But now all of a sudden you want to kill me. You want to kill me because we lost a basketball game or, you know, whatever the case may be. A a guy missed a, you know, he, he dropped a pass or he missed a tackle and somebody scored or. You know, whatever the case might be, right? Whatever the case might be, we still don't get to hear those stories because they don't put them out. But, you know, guys today are like, you know what? Man, screw that. I'm not, it's not important to me because it's it's not important to y'all, right? Like, I'm, I'm not important. Let me say this. It's not important to me because I'm not important to y'all, right? The Olympics and all that type of stuff is, uh, important to them But the guys who are participating in it They're not important Right like you know They know all your stats or whatever They know who they want to play Right that the way they can have the best chance Of winning but In the grand scheme of things They you know People Americans don't really care They don't really care Right just as long as they win They could care less um, anyway, let's move on. That that segment went a little bit too long. So, uh, clearly at this point in time, everybody's, well, not everybody, but most people have seen or they are aware of the Dave Chappelle, uh, comedy special. I said, I said that, hey, look, this is probably not your personal favorite or whatever the case may be as far as comedy specials go, but... I believe that in the long run, this is one of the most important comedy specials in the history of comedy. And I say that because, you know, comedians for the last couple of years have been, you know, talking about how real comedy, and this doesn't just apply to black comedians, I'm talking about all comedians, uh, how there is like, you know, just been this agenda, to police comedy right and you know real comedy like comedy has become less enjoyable and you know people come to your show knowing uh, who you are and what type of comedy you were like you, you've been doing comedy since 1990 like why people why do people pretend like they don't know what type of subjects you talk about yet people still show up to your show and get offended as soon as you say the joke that they knew that they knew you were going to say they knew you was going to say something like this. Right. You've been saying it since 1990, but all of a sudden in 2019, it's offensive to them. It's offensive to them. Right. And Rotten Tomatoes gave Dave Chappelle special a zero. Right. But they only allowed, uh, I believe it was five certain critics to rate it, right? Like so they handpicked five people who was already against it before they rated the special. Right? They were all they had seen it and they already hated it before they before they rated this the special. Right? And initially uh they didn't allow the public to vote on it, right? And they said this was like it was I because you know that like that's not how rotten tomatoes works is you know they have the score from the quote-unquote professionals and then they had a general public score right so uh they allowed the public to voice their opinion you know later on and the public scored it a 99 right essentially a perfect score it got scored a 99, but they, Rotten Tomatoes, scored it a zero, right? And uh, what people found out, right, was that they were hoping that this would somehow sway folks from uh, watching a movie or something like that. And I, I, is it me? Is it me? Or am I the only one who's like, never went to go see a movie based off? a Rotten Tomatoes score, like I would never watch a movie because Rotten Tomatoes graded it this or that. Like I could give a, (laughs) I I don't care. Like that's that's the other thing about, you know, being a part of this uh, social media thing is where a lot of these old school ways of doing things have become so obsolete that you're trying to figure out how are they still around? like what's the, what's the usefulness of Rotten Tomatoes now, right? Like, uh was that movie? Uh, Knocked Up, <clears throat> Knocked Up, right? And you remember they was trying to start the the website called Flesh of the Stars. And then they ended up uh, finding out that somebody else had already created that idea called Mr. Skin. And you go on Mr. Skin and you could find out, you know, at what movies had, <clears throat> what movies had like, um, was it what movies had like celebrities are uh, exposed in the nude or whatever, right? And think about how dumb an idea like that would be at this point in time. Think about how stupid that would be because if somebody was naked or somebody showed a titty or whatever, somebody booty was exposed it would just be posted on Instagram. Like people would post it on Instagram. Like, why would you need to go to a website like that to see it and I just click on the app to go see it? All right, I I haven't never went on Mr. Skin or anything like that. But if I had to guess, if I had to guess, I would say that 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 website is long out of business or it's been shut down. Right. Or if it's not shut down, you know, it's not actively uh, being used anymore. Let me say that it's not actively uh, like people aren't adding on to it anymore. Right. And, you know, there are certain things like the newspapers and all that selling newspapers and all that. I'm just waiting on the point in time where, you know, when is that going to become obsolete? When is that going to become obsolete? Right? Because, I, I hey, look, I know there's older people who are still around who enjoy going to buy papers. But at some point in time, you know, people are going to stop buying papers. Right? People are <laughs> which is how I feel, that people should stop using uh, sites like Rotten Tomatoes or something like that to where... Uh, I believe everybody who is um, Who is a part of Of this uh, The new social media age uh, I feel like You know People have figured out that Certain websites are um, Ran by people With certain Who have a certain bias uh, Towards things and They are going to critique stuff the way they wanted to be critiqued and you know maybe in the 90s or something like that when you controlled 100% of the media uh you could put out whatever you want to and you could just slam some over and over again to the point of where the public was like oh man well shoot I might not even want to waste my money because this is trash but <laughs> you can't do that now like just because you gave it a zero like i'm I just so happened to run across this story i could I wouldn't have known I wouldn't have known but I just so happened to see somebody uh talk about this on uh it might have been on instagram I can't even remember what the hell I saw this said right but I had to go look it up just to make sure that you know i was not I wasn't tripping or they weren't tripping was like how did you get his stand-up special a zero? And, you know, this is essentially the one, like, he started, uh, I guess you could say, real comedy over now. So next time somebody comes out and does a special, uh, somebody who, you know, majority of the population cares about, when somebody comes out and does a special, then, you know, maybe it'll be a raw and uncut, Uh, Special, And instead of them talking around everything, you know, hoping, hoping that they don't uh, offend anybody, then they they just come out and do actual comedy. Right. Because that's what comedy is. It's about uh, saying stuff that's uncomfortable. Right. But making it funny to where everybody can laugh at it. And if you don't have a sense of humor, then, you know, fuck you. Right. Because you can tell when somebody's being a comedian which Dave Chappelle was being a comedian and when somebody's trying to be a bully right somebody trying to be a bully like again like I said uh he was like he was so tactical in the way he they put the special together um and you know the obviously the big talking point of the whole thing was you know talking about how the uh transgender specifically uh, have something against Dave Chappelle. And, you know, he bought it up and he did it in Atlanta. And, you know, he started the whole thing off by saying, you know, I'm sure there's a, we're in Atlanta. I'm sure there's a bunch of gay men in here uh, tonight with their wives, right? And that just broke the ice as far as going into that next run of uh, jokes, right? <clears throat> uh, what he did about, you know, the, the gay community or you know, whatever whatever. Well, he said the alphabet people, right? All right, man. I'm about to take a quick break and i see y'all in the next segment and we're going to talk about Antonio Brown, old bitch ass. All right, man. This is the second segment to what was supposed to be the Friday show. Um, I don't know, man. That was a very unsuccessful two weeks but uh you know forgive me for uh the the lack of uploads um you know I believe we were supposed to talk about Antonio Brown and the whole Antonio Brown situation. Uh ah man, you know I was gonna be real passionate about it like Antonio Brown is uh was acting very emotional, He, be honest with you, he was acting like a woman scorned, man, like he was uh, very emotional, like, I'm just keeping it real, ladies, it's a lot of ladies, not all, but a lot, a lot, not all, but a lot, not all, but a whole lot of y'all who uh, like to go to social media and air all of their problems and all that, and then y'all like to Manipulate stories to uh, make it seem like y'all are in the victim. And that's what he did. That's what he did. He uh, put stuff out like, bro, we see what you're doing. Like you're saying they putting bad stuff on your name by saying that you won't fucking show up over not having a helmet. Right. Uh, What else they supposed to say? We all know it. Like you didn't show up to practice because you didn't have a helmet or whatever right? And then you start throwing a little hissy fit and you got fired. Like, as far as I know, Antonio Brown hadn't practiced for the Raiders in over a month, right? Threatened to retire as if anybody thought that was going to actually happen. Um, You know how I always talk about money and, you know, uh, hoping that athletes don't blow it. I really think Antonio Brown, if you see like the type of uh, purchases that he had, like he's not like a big highly endorsed athlete. Let me just say that I think about 90% of his money comes from football, right? So uh, I am i can't even think, well, his contract now is 15 million. And if you know in football, football contracts are health and incentive based. So let's just pretend that he gets he hits all those incentives where that 15 million would be more like you know 7 right after Uncle Sam and the agent or whatever right and then you know he he trains a lot of knowledge I can't take that away from him he does work really really hard probably the hardest worker uh in the NFL probably the hardest working in the NFL since um since Jerry Rice right so I can't take that away from him but unlike Jerry you know Antonio Brown is, uh, I don't know, he is a, a, a single mom who goes to the club a lot or something. I, I don't, I don't know how Antonio Brown acts, man. Like, I can't even put a finger on it. I, I ain't seen a dude be this big of a bitch ass. <laughs> in a while (laughs) and spent never on uh on the well no i'm lying i'm lying i'm lying i'm lying but uh yeah i guess you know it it worked out for him he ended up with a winning team because you know oakland was a horrible place but hey you they'll they'll be in las vegas i believe it's next year so you know maybe things will get better new location uh you know maybe maybe things will work out differently but hey uh if you're at Oakland let's see you've got rid of your three best players one of them who's never even played for you you got rid of your three best players um for absolutely nothing actually right and I will say this now in professional sports those type of players who are like um those type of coaches who always say you know I gotta get my guy and the guys in here I gotta get my guys in the locker room a lot of times those coaches don't really be successful because you know maybe that was a case you know in 1980 or you know whatever 1970 or whatever hey I can't even say that because the Steelers dominated and the Steelers had the most talent on the field every week, so I can't even say that but I um uh yeah, usually guy like that and you know people will say, well, Bill Belichick does it. he does, but to a certain degree, right? like we know that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick aren't really great friends, right? and you could wholeheartedly say like, Tom Brady's not a Bill Belichick guy, right? Honestly, if you know about if you read and hear about their relationship, you could really say that Tom Brady's not a Bill Belichick guy, but you're not going to get rid of Tom Brady though, right? Like uh, Randy Moss wasn't one of those guys, but they took a chance on Randy Moss and it worked out pretty good, right? A whole bunch of Akeepe Taleb isn't one of those kind of guys, right? But it worked out when they got him. Antonio Brown <laughs> isn't one of those kind of guys. But it worked out. Or you know, we can assume it, it'll work out pretty good. So uh I don't know. I don't think it's gonna work in in uh Oakland, but also uh what would also probably be pretty good is you know when when he signs a contract the contract will be laced full of all type of stuff because you know the patriots have a big strict like social media policy um they've had that for years right and you know a lot of people don't get to do all type of uh, interviews Like that, yeah. when from my understanding That social media policy Like even extends to after hours Meaning like When you're not When you're not at work You better not get on that damn phone Posting nothing You can post your kids And you know your girlfriend Or y'all went on vacation this summer But anything other than that You are in violation cause And they're gonna make sure He understands all of that and make sure he understands all of that, I can wholeheartedly say that uh, Bill Belichick will be the first coach like this that Antonio Brown has ever played for. I am, I'm telling you, right, like, uh, you can have a whole bunch of divas, but or you can have, you know, diva players or, you know, diva wide receivers, but there's always a guy out there. There's always a guy out there who, uh, when you look him in the eye or whatever, when y'all talking and, you know what I'm saying, he'll tell you, uh, you know, I don't want a Super Bowl, and we keep going back without a guy like you. As a matter of fact, we didn't win when we had somebody who's better than you, right? Because I believe Randy Moss is better than Antonio Brown, right? I'm not going to say by a whole lot. But I do believe that Randy is better than Antonio Brown. But uh, yeah. And he'll lay it out for him. Hey, look, I have no problem. No problem cutting your ass. No problem whatsoever. And you know, you'll be been cut by, you know, a handful of teams and you saw them rookies who uh shined yesterday like the the rookies and you had a rookie receiving class and, you know, some of the uh, younger guys, right? Even some of the veterans, but some guys who didn't have big names who play receiver yesterday,
1: really, really
0: performed well. And yeah, the leash is longer for a guy, but let's not forget, Antonio Brown is north of 30. He is a really big problem. And if you do it again, And you're asking for that amount of money, it becomes teams are looking at it like, well, he doesn't actually help us win the Super Bowl, right? Like, if you're not already a Super Bowl contender, then he's not going to really help put us over the top of anything. Like, you know, the two teams that made it to the Super Bowl last year, right? The the Patriots, who essentially made the Super Bowl the last 10 years straight. I know they haven't made it. They've probably made like eight out of the last 10 years. But, you know, uh, most of the teams who make it, they don't have big household name receivers, right? Big household name receivers and big name running backs. They don't translate into your team, you know, uh, winning the Super Bowl. Now, like a, if it feels a big time corner or, you know, like a big time – defensive linemen right Uh, obviously a big time quarterback but uh those three positions those are some that you have to you'll bite your tongue right trying to keep them on the field right or keep them in the organization let's see what we can do to make this work because he can't change the game but receivers and running backs not so much not so much again so, like I said, you know, you get cut this time. I would hope, man, I ain't even going to lie because I was sitting there like, you know, Antonio Brown can do all this. Um, Richie Incognito can uh, go threaten to he can go threaten to murder everybody in the morgue uh, because he wants his father. He wants to decapitate his father's dead, his dead father's head and keep it. Uh, kind of like they used to keep the heads on this show Futurama. He wants to keep it for experimentation purposes, right? And, you know, he can go and do all type of other crazy. Uh, tell people that he, he has a gun and he plans on using it in a public place. Uh, you know, guys like that, they can do it. Even guys who beat the hell out their woman on multiple occasions, right? They can They can get signed ton of times but Kaepernick, Nick uh you stand up for the rights of other blacks uh and it ain't even like you <laughs> it didn't even like you like on some Malcolm X stuff and nothing like that when he was out there talking about we going to got to kill whitey huh? we got to kill whitey and all that type of stuff it wasn't it wasn't nothing like that man Simply taking a knee and people had to talk about it. That's why I say, boy, racism is it's awful, but sometimes it's really funny. Sometimes it is really, really funny uh, to see like people how, how offended racists get when you point it out, when you point out that racism, right? That, that becomes amusing to see like the stories that they come up with um and and to tell you why you're wrong and why that's not the case or whatever but a guy like that you know back to the point he does not get a chance right he don't even get a tryout but you'll constantly bring guys like this in you constantly bring guys and i was you know of course julio jones is my favorite player in the nfl so and i think julio jones is the best receiver in the NFL that has, I believe I said it a couple of times on the show, but it has nothing to do with what happened, right? And Julio Jones and Antonio Brown are still the two best receivers in the NFL, in my opinion. But but you don't um I just believe that, you know, because he didn't kind he didn't sour on me, man. I I was a fan of Antonio Brown's and now I'm kind of like Nah, it's not my kind of guy, man. But so I do believe that, you know, at some point in time, talent or not, man, you just gotta, you just gotta part ways, bro. You just gotta part ways. Cause the only way that some, that a lot of people learn is by, uh, some people have to touch the fire to learn. I can raise my hand for that. I have to touch the fire to learn, but some people have to get set on fire. Right, touching the fire and getting set completely on fire, two different things. Two way different things, right? You touch the fire, you touch something, you touch an iron that's hot, right? You accidentally touch the stove, you be like, ah shit, ah damn, I can't do that no more. Right? Your your finger or whatever might be real red and sore for a while for you know a day or two or whatever, right? Ah shit. But when you get set on fire, When you look after you done came down off that uh, traumatic experience and you have to go look in the mirror at the the deformities and all that on your face. That's how some people have to learn. They have to be set all the way on fire in order for them to learn their lesson. And I believe he's one of them type of guys. Like, you have to rip everything away from him. Uh... And he has to beg for it back. And then when he's begging, you're like, now nah, you had your chance. Because, man, you know, move on. Find, you know, what other interests did you have, right? What other talents did you have? And then he'll go on social media and try and run a campaign about, you know, how people are uh, giving him a bad name and all that. People are hating on him. And, you know, some idiot who'll follow him for about a month and then it'll die down and you know he won't have a job still right and then a year pass and then it'll be like I, i'm still in shape and you know i don't wanna i didn't learn my lesson but you really haven't learned your lesson still need to learn and then you have to watch the thing or whatever and you know people might bring you on that show or whatever throughout the next season um because their team sucks at receiver and all that. And you're like, well, I'm in shape, you know, I can come help a team win, but you still don't get signed, right? And then you go into another off season and uh, not only are your feelings really hurt, but their bank account, because you've done some very questionable things financially, their bank account starts hurting too right so now you're really desperate so now in your mind you think you done learned your lesson but you really haven't you really haven't and the next season goes on and preseason, and your name start getting thrown out there getting your hopes up and nobody signs you nobody signs you right and you're going on and now instead of people calling you for an interview you're calling people in hopes of getting an interview, and people are like, "Ah, nah, we cool, man. We cool, right?" And you're still not getting any calls from any teams, and you fire your agent. Fire your agent, right? That is the type of stuff he needs to go through. That I'm, I'm sorry. I hate to point it out. I hate to point. No, I would have hated to point it out a week ago. I would have hated to point out a week ago, but after this, I don't hate to point it out, right? That's just, that's just the truth, right? You got fire touchers, that's me, and you got people who need to be set on fire. That's Antonio Brown. That is Antonio Brown. And I ain't gonna lie, this morning, I touched the fire, not not literally, but I'm talking about, you know, or something else. I touched the fire uh, a couple of times, and you know I'm like all right well yeah I know I learned my lesson now and sit my ass down uh so anyway um we're gonna call that a show I am I have to make up for lost time man you know the other day I was sitting in the bed and um I started uh before I start this podcast, I have a YouTube channel and I I went and looked, I said, man, I ain't did a YouTube video in, you know, what, like two months, three months? No, it's been four months. It's been since April, right? Wait. No, yeah, it's been almost five months. It's been since the end of April since I put one up. Funny story, though, is I've recorded about five. And I didn't like them. I didn't put them up right because I said, well, you know, I'm going to take a little time away from, you know, recording YouTube videos because number one, you know, I don't get to leave really the apartment complex because my wife drives the, um, drives the truck to work and obviously the kids be gone. And, you know, where am I going to go? Um, So that sucks. Right. Which is why one of the reasons why, you know, I'm very motivated and probably why I end up touching the fire uh, cup one too many times because I get a little overly anxious, um, get a little overly anxious to uh, be able to get out and explore and all that type of stuff. Um, Yeah but uh yeah I went and checked that uh checked out some of my YouTube the very last one I put up we were in Oklahoma City earlier this year uh, in April and you know I like man you know I didn't put out some pretty decent videos especially cuz I don't have you know all that cool editing and I don't know how to do all that and I film off my cell phone and all that type of stuff I put out some pretty pretty decent uh videos so i want to get back into that um uh, because that's something i wanted to do but of course i want to focus on trading and because you know coming back from what's the name was the beginning of like my trading car so i put my last video up on like april the 20 something and you know i you know really started getting into trading at on may the 1st so I said, you know, I want to give myself a chance to uh, completely dedicate myself to this. I'm, I'm going to be here. I don't know if I expect it. But uh, you know what? That That's another thing is, you know, maybe I had two, I It's not that I had high expectations. I expected, you know, to get results too soon. You know, that's a piece of advice for, you know, somebody doing something, man. Don't expect too much too soon, right? Don't, don't do that. Please don't. Uh, you know, um, I, I am able to do. I'm able to do uh, pretty good, but again, I, I get overly anxious and it has bit me in the butt a couple times. Over the last few weeks and you know, it's not even the skills of trading or whatever that's uh, because I'm not a master or anything, but you know, I have the ability to generate income. But it is the overly anxious, like, man, I done did this and that, and you know, I just I maybe I can get a little bit more, and when you do that, when you do that. That's what ultimately gets you. And then sometimes it's not even that. It's not even that. It is, you know, you have a bit of bad luck. You oversleep uh, five minutes. And because that's the last thing that happened. And then, you know, sometimes, like I said, man, you get too excited and you touch that fire. But, you know, I feel like I'm probably the made about all the mistakes I can made. And I can honestly say that. I've learned from each one of them. A couple weeks ago, my feelings, I was in my feelings so much. I'm like, there's nothing to learn from this. But there was, there was something to learn from this. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, now I'm going to really end the show. So uh, I hope you guys uh, enjoy your Monday right The start of the week. Um, Yeah. I will see y'all back tomorrow tomorrow. I promise I'll be back tomorrow. New show. Peace.